0: Going. no,
1: man,
2: you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say.
1: Joe is a jerk.
2: But anyway, <laughs> morning, you're
1: watching The Road to College <laughs> okay, with stop. Professor Joe. Stop, stop, stop. Over. You
2: have to explain that to them. <laughs> you, you have to explain that to them. Oh, and this is DSG's have,
1: fault. Do I have to? Yes,
2: you do. And it's DSG's fault. It's his He's the classmate who's responsible for this.
1: Uh, explain well, I, I was multitasking and I looked up and I had plenty of time and then all of a sudden I hear the intro music going and I'm like, what the? And Joe started the show on me because it was time to start the show and I would have missed it and he was he was being evil and conniving and he was even whispering to the AI and
2: well, that's what I saw on the screen. Before. <laughs> Multitasking.
0: you are a jerk
2: you're um, welcome anyway. okay you can go back
1: i mean you're just now realizing that
2: what part of broken don't you people understand
1: this is why we tell you guys every day but you don't listen and you keep coming back Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> go to Rumble. That That's where our homeroom is. And uh, search for the uh, – ser- search the channels. Channels, that's the that's what you got to look for. And it's the road to Concord, and that's one word. Why he didn't put spaces in it, I don't know. He's a it wouldn't let me. And Rumble uh, won't let you. And go, you go ahead and you click follow. I don't know why, but, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast. It's easy. It's free. I did it. And I even did it multitasking, so I'm sure you can do it. Um, For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, TwitX, and, well, normally YouTube. But, you know, that jerk over there on the other screen, he got us banned from YouTube for a week. So uh, we won't be streaming until next week we'll be streaming. And hopefully I'll be able to get the other shows uploaded there uh, before next week. when they open us up and let us do stuff again. Uh, then you can catch podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio and Spotify. And well, event, normally it goes to BitChute too, but that's only when it gets put to YouTube. So that won't happen for a while either. But hopefully eventually, I don't know. I'm hoping that they will pick up the ones I upload to them. I know they do the live streams. I don't know about the other ones. We'll see. Anyway. Uh, just look for the road to concord on those things and uh, you'll find us uh, you can go to the blog page that's road to com. that's where you find all your show notes study notes and handouts for the class and you do have homework this week uh, you'll find that out later finally you can email a professor at joe at the road to com. he says he's caught up so you know hopefully uh He's caught up there. Uh, if you find our classes helpful, please click thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them that Joe is a jerk.
2: Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't on there. Now, just stay see didn't give it a chance. You'll soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe
1: Battenover has it's on the So reason day. and logic, hey. Joe is a jerk.
2: <laughs> like the AI asked, you just figuring that out? <laughs> <laughs> what part of broken don't you people understand? <laughs> all right. All right. It's it's Wednesday and I, I don't think Yahweh would appreciate me. If I continue entertaining myself, we've got a serious class to do today. And, and yes, we do. All right. Reset myself here. I apologize, folks. I was, uh, I have to entertain myself sometimes. And Charlie just was begging for it this morning. He, he was warned before this started and he ignored me. So you ignore me at your own peril. Anyhow. It's Worship Wednesday, and I want to start a series on understanding the prophets and the prophetic language. So now's where we need to start setting this. We, we gotta get serious and we gotta we gotta focus down on what we're going to be doing today. This will be, I don't know how long we'll go. This could take a while. And I'm gonna try to do something today that I've I've never I don't do well. Okay, let's put it this way. I've tried it before, I'm not all that good at it. Charlie has been asked to watch me and, and uh ride brake on me if I get myself going too quick, but this is a subject I want to go as slow as I can with and be as clear as I can with. So it, it, those of you who have been in the class a long time might think I'm suddenly sounding a little bit like I'm talking down to people that that is not the intention. The intention is to make sure I reach every member at every level of this class because we're going to be dealing with the prophets. And this is a bugaboo of mine. Lots of believers love this subject, and lots of people like to talk on it, and the Internet is filled full of these people, and I wish that 99% of them would sit down and hush up. And yes, I know that sounds a little harsh, but I'm serious. And we'll get to that in a minute. Let me set the table for you here. Before we even get going, this is a huge subject. The prophets and the prophecy, it's about—it's at least one-third of your Bible. And when you understand the larger aspect of prophecy, it's more than what most of us realize it is. You'll see before the end of today, I promise you. Not everybody, you might get it, but most people don't realize just how big prophecy is. It's at least a third of your scriptures. Could be as much as a half it is not impossible to understand the prophets <clears throat> excuse me you heard me correctly it is not impossible to more, more accurately properly understand the prophets it can be done but you got to put them in the correct context the huge context too it's a big deal it's multi-layered multifaceted and you have to be doing it for the correct purposes the prophets are not meant to be read like a crystal ball. You're not trying to tell the future what's going to happen in human affairs. For the most part, you can't. That's not the way prophecy works. Prophecy is meant to be fully understood when you look backward on it. Yahweh repeatedly says, "I give you my prophecies. I tell the end from the beginning, so that when it happens, you can look back and know that I am Elohim. I am Yahweh. Because only El Elyon, God Most High." can tell you the end from the beginning. But prophecy will also help you get it's meant to help you see the season, the times or the season that you are in, the mood or the setting of what you are in. Okay? So, it can give you an idea of what the times are like, but it is not meant to be your crystal ball. Now, when I told you that I wish most people talking about prophecy would sit down and hush up. And and I w- if this was nothing but a class of other teachers, I'd use very harsh language. And I'd be much more pointed with it. Most of the people teaching prophecy, in my opinion, are doing more harm than good. Because they don't know what they're talking about. What well, makes you think you do, Joe? Pay attention through the rest of this series and see if I can't help you understand the prophets better than you decide for yourself. It's a dangerous subject. Prophecy is not our personal property. It's not our personal revelation. You have not been, I don't care who you are, you have not been given a special understanding of the prophets that nobody else has. You haven't. I haven't. Nobody has, except the prophet himself. And too many people will preach this is what the prophets mean. I've got it right. Nobody else does. The, word, the Lord told me, uh, you know what? Spirit might have told you this, but I don't think it was the Holy Spirit, and I don't think it was the Spirit of Yahweh. Not if you're running around talking like that in this day and age. Proper reasons, proper attitude before we, have, or we even begin to address or approach the prophets. You're going to have to, if you're going to stay with us for the next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to do homework. Yes, homework. And I'm going to expect you to do it. I'll give you little pieces of homework because I know a lot of us are very busy. But I'm going to give you homework and I'm going to give, I'm going to, hey, it might even be where you want to get a notebook for some of this because you're going to want to take notes along the way for your own self, your own reasons, your own purposes. But you need to make sure that you're in the right attitude and you're doing this for the right reasons. Prophecy is important, otherwise it wouldn't be such a large part of our scriptures. But you must understand it the way the prophets are talking to you. And to do that, the first thing you have to do is check that attitude, man. Humble, teachable, sincere in your purposes for being there, reverent, serious. This is not to be taken flippantly or lightly. It's going to take time. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take study. And you're going to need to look at things outside of your Bible because your Bible is not going to teach you everything you need to know about the prophets. And if you're one of these ones who thinks that all I have to do is read my Bible and the Holy Spirit will tell me what the prophet means, it doesn't work that way. You have to learn a new language. Literally, the prophets have their own way of speaking to us. Now, it's in Hebrew or Greek or, you know, it's been translated into English. I got it. That's not what I mean by a new language. It's going to be like, um, if you're a civilian and we dump you into the military world and you have to learn to live with our jargon, you're going to be lost for a while. That's because you have to learn the language we're using. Um, When I had my shop running downstairs here in the studio, I had the seven people working for me. We had this thing called the 98 Required Movies. And we spoke in little segments of these movies. And if you didn't know all the movies and TV shows, you could not even hope to understand the conversation. And when my father started working in the shop with us, it drove, he got angry because everybody would be talking and joking and laughing and everybody understood what we were saying, except him. He was left out. Now within six months, he'd picked up on it. It's a new language that we're going to have to learn. Okay. So Serious attitude here. Be ready to do homework. Be ready to take notes along the way. I have no idea how long we're going to do this, but we're going to stick with it until I'm happy that I've covered what I want to teach. As Charlie will tell you, I read the prophets very differently than most other believers. And a lot of times, like when we're doing Torah reading in our congregation, if you're close to me, you'll hear me translating for you what the prophets are saying. And when you hear me translate it, you're going, oh yeah, okay, I get that. It's just because I've under- I've learned their language. That's it. And it took me decades. Okay. You're not going to do this overnight. But it the fruit that this will bear for you, the 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 understanding of your scriptures will explode if you put in the work and learn how to read the prophets. Because the prophets, you know, most people think it starts with Moses. (laughs) Adam's a prophet, folks. Adam, Adam is a prophet. Okay, there are a lot. Noah is a prophet. Both of them are before. Abraham is a prophet. They're all before Moses. Jeremiah is a prophet. Uh, Isaac's a prophet. I mean, not Jeremiah, uh, Jacob rather, excuse me. Jacob's a prophet. Isaac's a prophet. The patriarchs are prophets. You have to understand what a prophet is. It's a prophet is bigger than what most people think he is. All right? And they're all male. Well, no. Excuse me. There are prophetesses. There are female prophets in the scriptures. They just didn't leave us any written books. So the prophets we're dealing with in the scriptures are all male. Okay? <clears throat> excuse me. So we're going to go to our homework today. And this is going to be your homework page for however long we're on this series. Okay, so I'll just add to it, you know, like understanding the prophet, prophetic language parts one through whatever. But this is the page that we're going to be on, and I'll add to it if I need to. But for the time being, this is everything that we're going to need. All right, now, today is an orientation class, folks, and understand that. It's meant to be 101, orientation. So the first thing I did here is I, I'll come back to this, but I showed you where this all started for me. For me. This is where it starts for me. And then down here, we're going to have this little link called Understanding the Profits. And that's this, whoops, let me hit that button. And right here, this little post, and I had Charlie read through it. And he and I are in in agreement that this is a pretty good little piece. And I want to just read the first paragraph. This is your homework assignment. This article right here, Understanding the Profits. You go to your homework. You come down past these two books, and it's right there where it says a good start, understanding the prophets, right there. That's the homework assignment. I want that read, please, before next week, because you're going to see it again, but I want you to be able to read it and study it through it a little bit. It says, what is a prophet? The interpretation of the prophetic books is not a simple matter, and in order to understand these books, they must be approached with care and caution. We agree they cannot be approached as if they were little more than a collection of arcane predictions. As we shall discover, they are much more than this. But before proceeding to an examination of the individual prophetic books, we must answer some preliminary questions. First, what is a prophet? In the Old Testament, the word used most frequently to refer to a prophet is nabi or nabbi? How, do, Na- how Navi. Navi, okay, navi. The general meaning of the word is a spokesman. In the Old Testament, a prophet was a spokesman for God or Yahweh with this with a distinct calling to be the ambassador of God, Yahweh. And today you're going to start understanding why we use Yahweh. It is important. So in fact, it was the call of Yahweh that gave the true prophet his legitimacy or hers. Other titles used to describe prophets are what's this one here A means a seer and then is it jose 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 also meaning seer and what's that one ish <laughs> isha elohim Ish-ha elohim
1: yes okay
2: meaning man of god yes okay uh i asked charlie to check our hebrew interpretations here before we went through this and he said they did pretty good so Peter Verhof explains, these titles together define the prophets as a man who has been called to communicate the revealed word of God, of Yahweh. A man who has an intimate relationship with God, or Yahweh, as a servant messenger, and one who, uh, whose task is to keep watch over Yahweh's people. Now, as you read through this, they're going to mention the word oracle. Just so that you know how I work when I saw the word oracle written in here, I popped my little booty over here and I did myself a quick little search. I'm using DuckDuckGo and I found a few. I found the one here that I know from Bible study tools. I like that one. And I had two from gotquestions.org. And this is just a quick rabbit to show you. So I went over to Oracle's, you know, on the Bible study tools and I read the definition of Oracle, but me being who I am, I kept going. And I looked here, it says the New Testament Greek phrase, sometimes, this is on gotquestions.org, what are the oracles of God, of Yahweh, the New Testament Greek phrase, sometimes translated as oracles of God, is Lagoyan theo, Lagoyan theo, that being Lagoyan being the plural of logos, well, that translates words of God, and it is a good translation, and it is, But the Logos of God means something very different to me. First of all, that's Yeshua. Yeshua is the Logos of God made flesh. So Yeshua, Jesus, is the living oracle of Yahweh. And it's also going to be the mind of God. So I also read this one here, what is the oracle of the Lord, Jeremiah 23, 36. But this is me, this is how I work. So I read through those, um, those links. Cause I wanted to know what does, what's the biblical definition of Oracle. This is how I work. I'm reading through the post that I want you to do for your homework. Okay. Once again, this one right here, this is your homework assignment, understanding the prophets. If you come to class next week and you haven't done your homework assignment, shame on you. We're not going to wait for you to catch up. It's just one article. It's not that long. It can be read in about six minutes. And there's all the notes he leaves for you. Six, seven, eight, nine minutes, ten if you're gonna really, you know, go slow. I want you to read that for us. Okay. Get an idea of what a prophet is. Now, the prophet is the the spokesperson for Yahweh. But prophecy is much more than what they wrote. Prophecy can be typology. If you go to your show notes, you're gonna find that the very next link underneath what is a prophet, the very next link is by the same people. What is typology? You you don't have to read this one yet. You can, but you don't have to. It's shorter. You jump down all the way to the bottom, it says, drawing these points together, we may define biblical typology as God's selective use of the old testament people events and institutions. To serve as living prophecies of his covenant promises, centering upon the person and work of Jesus Christ for the reassurance of faith, the the reassurance of the faith of his people in all ages. So basically what we're being told here is typology is a form of prophecy, but it isn't a written prophecy. It's prophecy about people. It's prophecy about events. It's prophecy about um, things in history become prophecy. Um, when Jeremiah takes the clay pot, goes to the king and smashes the pot on the ground, that was a prophetic act. It meant that Israel is going to be destroyed. You know, that part of Israel. When Hosea is told t- to take a cheating wife, that was prophecy. Prophecy comes in many forms, typology, uh, your, your blessings. The, the blessing is a Prophecy. Your nature and your character, your Shem, is a prophecy. And when you understand prophecy properly, you're going to understand this is why it tends to have this repeating, what we would think of as cyclical nature. But Charlie has a better way to explain this. I'm going to surprise him with this real quick. Let me put him back here on the screen. Charlie, how did you describe the prophecy? Instead of the cyclical nature, what do you call it? Well... well or how do you see it?
1: Well, a lot of people talk about this as a circle and I always had problems with that because it it didn't make sense to me it there was something missing but I was reading a a, another book that oh my gosh that one's a tough one it's taken me a long time to get through but it's deep it's my type of book as it was explaining something a firefly went off in my head now I'm an amateur radio operator so you know this is something that I'm used to dealing with a lot and what the way I equated it to is a sine wave. Um, So if you've seen a, yeah, if you've seen a a sound wave or, or whatever, even light wave, whatever electromagnetic wave, you'll see how it's, it's cyclical, but it goes upon a time access, yeah,
2: axis. It follows the timeline. Yes. And so
1: that's the way I looked at it because that allows see in the circle metaphor, there's no way to account for variances in what is happening within those cycles. But when you have a sine wave, you can vary the amplitude, you can vary the frequency, how close, you know, the, the cycles are. And so it can or happen quicker in time or longer in time it can, longer in time, longer it can in time. last longer. It can be larger or smaller. So it, it allows for all those variances and that made so much sense to me.
2: So instead of like some people would say, circles as we go through time, right? What Charlie came up with, I love it. And I'm I was I'm I'll steal it in the future. But since he's here and it was his way of looking at it, I wanted to give him credit for it. But he's looking at the sine wave. So sometimes it can be short, right? Sometimes it can be very long and drawn out. Sometimes it can be so drawn out that where it crosses the time axis is longer in time. So instead of just an, an instant time, it can be a period of time. Right. So that's a much better way of looking, but it's still cyclical. The yes. patterns repeat. Right. And this is why sometimes you will see a near and far in the prophecies that the prophets give us. It happens in their life, and then it's right. also for the future.
1: Yeah, because boy, I can I can put modulation on that sine wave and cause all sorts of stuff to happen. Yep. It, it 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 can get complex, but but that allows for all these variances and and different things. That yeah, you what see. I
2: describe as different flavors but, of ice cream.
1: Yeah, but you see these patterns throughout Scripture very very easily, and they they're over and over again. And sometimes they're you know more significant, less significant, you know faster slower i mean like right now you look at what's going on in the world uh, our, our frequency is increasing
2: yeah quickly you know, quickly and, and the amplitude spiking. is yeah.
1: increasing too yeah. so you've got things that are really really
2: happening so which is meant to wake us up to right the fact that yahweh is moving in the world right or is about to really move yeah all right thanks charlie So understanding everything that has to do with prophecy. You also have to understand that prophecy is symbolic in nature. Now, this is a huge problem for a lot of people. They read the prophets literally. That is a mistake. And I mean straight up mistake. When you're dealing with the prophets, you've got a a dualistic way of interpreting them. Look for the spiritual meaning first. There will always be one primary spiritual message in the prophet. Okay, if there's a prophecy, if it's a written prophecy, the prophet is going to be one spiritual. The primary message is going to be a spiritual, and it'll be singular. But you can have many physical manifestations in this world, in this material world, like a Like one of your classmates, one of my brothers, likes to say, "Earth shadows." So you got one object in in the heaven, one spiritual message in the prophecy, but you can have many earth shadows depending on which angle the light is at. You can have shadows all over the place. Got more than one light source, and since you're in heaven, and the light source is Yahweh, depending on you know, you can have all sorts of earth shadows. So there'll be many manifestations here. Case in point, the Antichrist. There is no the antichrist anywhere in the bible that is not the only place you find that word is in john's letters and he says it's a spirit there are many of them and they're already in the world from the time he's writing okay that's so everywhere that you see somebody who meets the definition of antichrist you've found like an earth shadow of the spiritual message the spiritual message is antichrist Opposition of the Messiah, anti-Messiah. And John tells you what the definition is. You know, denies that Yeshua came in the flesh, denies that he's the son of Yahweh, all these things. Denies that he was crucified and rose. If you deny these things, that's the definition of Antichrist. And John tells you there's many of them. So every time you find one, that's the Earth shadow. Because it'll be, the Antichrist will be here in the world. That's the Earth shadow of the spiritual message. And by the way, that's a prophecy. You see the prophecies take many, many forms. It's not just predicting the future. Now, <clears throat> some of the things that I, I want to take you, I told you I was going to go back to this. We're going to be a little perfect circular, you know, sine wave thing here in the, in the class today too. This is just a primer today. I don't know how long we'll go. I'm just setting the table. I want to go slow on purpose. I want to show you that I am taking this very seriously. I will not tell you I understand everything perfectly because I don't. I do understand things, certain things, much better than the average believer because I've learned to read the Bible on its terms and take it at its face value. And the prophets do not tell you that they're talking literally. They tell you they're talking figuratively. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to go back and give you a little bit of a witness. For me, my journey in prophecy and to where I'm at in my, in my walk all started when I <laughs> I set out to prove the Tim, Tim LaHaye left behind version of Prophecy. You know, the the rapture, the seven-year trib, and all this, other, and then the return of the Messiah and the thousand-year reign. I was going to prove that. I was going to take my logic brain, I was going to go to the Bible, and I'm going to prove it's true. I failed miserably because it's not in the Bible. That's not what I'm here to argue for. But I can tell you with absolute certainty that is not what's in your Bible. Now, in the process of trying to prove that it was, I ran into this book, and this is where it all started for me. This is The Hidden Beast 2. It's in your show notes. It's by Brother Ellis Schofield. I believe he died is 2012 or 2014. He was called home. In here, he's the first one who starts to show me that there is a prophetic language, and he shows me how I know it, and he t- tells me things like, Joe, you got to look for when the prophet says I was in a vision or I was in the spirit world or I was in a trance or I was in a deep sleep or whatever. And the prophet tells me right now he's not looking at the world through normal human eyes. And then the prophet will say like as or unto or and he's going to start using figurative keys in the language. He's going to say no, I'm not telling you it is a dragon. I'm going to say it's like a dragon or it's going to be like a leopard, like a bear, like so all these beasts in Daniel, the prophet says like there are he tells me in the book somewhere there's either between 60 and 80 figurative signposts in the book of Revelation alone. And every te- like the two the beast that comes up out of the ground with two horns like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. The the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Whenever you see the like, it's an analogy. It's a figurative signpost telling us that we're dealing with symbolic language. And Brother Schofield shows me also that if I will bother to pay attention, the prophet will usually interpret his symbols in his prophecy. He'll explain to us what it means. Okay, like the two witnesses in the book of Revelation. This is a famous one. There are two. There are two. Two witnesses, and oh, those got to be Elijah. No, 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 no. Keep reading. John tells you who the two witnesses are. He says these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands. Okay. Well, what the heck? Well, he expects you to already know that symbology from Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, I believe. And Zechariah expects you to know it from previous parts of Scripture because it's already been defined in the prophetic language. Now, we'll get to that. That's not the point. The point for me was this is where it started for me. Now, if you can find this puppy, grab it. This is one of the most important books I own outside of my Bible, okay? I don't know whether I like this one more or this one because this is the second most. These two here together, but it's probably The Unseen Realm is more important. Nudge it out just a little bit more. This is by Dr. Michael Heiser, and the Lord called him home last year. This is The Unseen Realm. What this got me back into is what I used to think as supernatural. I don't care how you want to conceive of it. It is real. It is as real as you and I are, as real as flesh and blood. Probably the spirit world is more real than the material world in which we live. This helped me get back into, this helped me get my spiritual eyes back. And when I ma- matched it with what I was learning from Brother Schofield in The Hidden Beast 2, I really started to go after the prophets with a vengeance. I I was hounding Yahweh in his spirit. Help me understand your prophets. I beat on him with that daily, begged, prayed, and studied. And the prophets slowly started opening up for me. Now, if you're going to follow behind Dr. Heiser, he does not see the prophetic language, not that clearly. He likes to interpret the prophets literally. The prophets themselves say, don't do that. Okay, they tell you how to interpret their language. And the symbols in the Bible are consistent. And we will learn those as we go through. But what we're we're looking at right now is we have to convince ourselves that there actually is a prophetic language. And before we can even do that, we have to understand that the spirit world is probably more real than this one. Now, the problem we have is we have inherited a Greek mindset. And that Greek mindset thinks it very differently. Like the material world, bad, spirit world, good. They're totally separate. The scriptures tell you, no, they're not separate. They have been separated, but they're meant to be united like as in the Garden of Eden, which is probably part of what the fall is, is that's where the spirit world and the in the material world got separated. Okay, I, I can't tell you that for sure, but that's probably part of, part of what happened. But they're meant to be together. It's meant to be wherever Yahweh is. That's where everything is. Us, the the created being, angels. Everything's supposed to be there, all in one place. So, like in the Bible, you're you're not spirit trapped in a body. That's Greek thinking. In the Bible, you are spirit, nephesh, soul, and body all united. One, meant to be one. Well, the spirit world is real, and you've got to think that way. Otherwise, what the prophets are going to tell you is not going to make a whole lot of sense because the prophets are teaching primarily spiritual truth. Okay. The next thing I did is I had to start learning to... I needed to meet the prophets, and you needed to start understanding the prophet themselves individually, but also in general. One of them, it's it's not, you don't have to buy these, okay? Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to share them with you because I have them. This is the prophets of Israel walking the ancient paths by James Huffmeyer, and he goes through, and he will introduce you to the prophets and prophetesses. And he'll talk to you about each one of them in all of the different time periods. And he'll talk to you about what's going on with Israel, the politics, the events of the world at the time. And he talks to you about the prophets. There were many prophets, many more than order in your Bible. There were hundreds, if not thousands of prophets okay, throughout the years. And he talks to you about them and, and, and you know, some of the ones that did and didn't leave written records for us. And he explains to us what the prophets are doing. Now, if you can afford it, the book is good. If not, read your homework assignment as a prophet. It's going to give you a Cliff Notes version of what's here in this book. But for me, I bought that to start understanding the greater ministry of the prophets. And remember, the prophets are usually killed. Why? Do you know what the primary purpose of a prophet is? Charlie likes to point this out. It's legalistic work. The prophet's languages, even the prophecies, are usually written in a form that's very similar to a legal uh, complaint, an accusation, charges. The prophets are Yahweh's prosecutors, and they charge Israel with breaking his Torah, his law and call Israel back. We call it repentance. But a better way to look at it in the Hebrew is return back to Yahweh and his law, back to the path, the way, the narrow way. That's their primary goal, purpose, mission. And This is why they get killed. I don't want you telling me I can't do that. It's better to get rid of you. You're an annoyance telling me I can't go have my sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Kill that prophet. Well, Yahweh just sends another one, and then another one, and then another one to pester and bother Israel. No, it's love. It's Yahweh's love. And the prophets are showing love too by sacrificing themselves to try and call you back before you're ruined, before you become shipwrecked on the shoals of your sin. That is the, it's, that is the number one primary purpose of a prophet, not to tell you the future. So in the New Testament, when Paul tells you that your sons and daughters are going to prophesy or uh, Yeshua Jesus is telling you this as well, don't start thinking he's going to tell you the future. Your uh, sons and daughters are going to tell us the future. maybe, maybe, maybe. But the number one thing you should be thinking is we're going to have sons and daughters that are going to call us back to obedience. Call us away from our sin, back to obedience. That's the number one thing you should be thinking because that's the primary purpose of a prophet. Okay. What did John, what what got John killed? John the Baptist? (laughs) He was annoying Herod because he was telling Herod, it's unlawful for you to have that woman as your wife. Right to his face. That's the primary job of a prophet. Correct sin. So the next thing I did, and this was very important for me, I got a good study Bible. And I the two that I would recommend is either the NASB or the ESV because these are literal translations. They're modern literal translations of the Hebrew and or Greek. But they're also going to come with an introduction into each chapter. And before I start studying any one of the specific prophets in the scriptures, I read the intro into the chapter. What? Who's this prophet? What period of time, what's the primary purpose, who's he prophesying to, who's he giving the oracle to, why, what's the purpose, what's the message, get myself into the the culture and time and politics, spiritual and physical material world politics of the time. What's going on? Get into the context of what's going on and then start reading what the prophet had to say keeping that in mind the whole time with Hosea. Hosea is a prophet to the Northern kingdom. So if you read Hosea and you think, well, he's talking to all of Israel, Eh, wrong. How do I know he's prophet to the Northern kingdom? He says so to the house of Israel. Well, no, Joe, that's all the Jews. No, Jews are the house of Judah. Well, how do you know that, Joe? Have you read Jeremiah or Isaiah? They both tell you this. So does Ezekiel. Okay. This is one of the things we have got to learn to do. If you're going to study the prophets, you got to get serious about this. When the prophet tells you something, wrestle with it, and once you know it, hold on to that. Unless it's changed later in the scriptures, you don't have authority to move it. But once the prophet defines something, it's set in stone. Why? The prophet is the mouthpiece of Yahweh the ambassador of Yahweh, the prophet says, thus saith Yahweh. He speaks for Yahweh. Well, if you're going to erase what the prophet's telling you, guess who you're actually erasing? That's dangerous ground to be walking on, boys and girls. Don't go there lightly. All right. Understand the context of what you're doing. So let's loop back again. That's how I got to where I'm at with my studies. That's where I got. Now, excuse me just a second here. I will constantly be battling with hay fever and sinus problems as long as I live in the state of Florida. So I'm sorry. You just have to get used to that. When you go to your show notes, you're going to see where I say, you know, it all started for me here. This is the hidden beast too. This is the unseen realm. Then a good start, understanding the prophets. There's also that piece on typology, if you want. Some essential basics. You're going to see here, show notes, the prophetic language. This is from your homework from a show we did previously. Then you're going to see some PDFs. Now, I put the PDFs in here so you can download them if you want. This one here, this is method of interpretation. You don't have to read this one right now if you don't want to. But what method of interpretation is, this is, this is Brother Schofield. It's from a collection of his essays. And essentially what he's doing is he's explaining how he interpreted a specific piece of prophecy and why he sees things the way he does in the book of Daniel. Now, this is what we did all last summer. We went through Brother Schofield's understanding of the book of Revelation and Daniel and the greater prophecy of the world. You know, Daniel's 70 weeks. But this is just to give you an idea of how this one brother walked through the scriptures to come to his conclusion. That's in there just so that you can see how somebody else has done this. You don't have to read that if you don't want to, but it's there for your edification. The very next PDF, this is the second part of your homework assignment. I want you to read Understanding the Prophets, and I would very much like you to read this one right here. It's just a short little, it's four pages, but it's not a whole lot of writing. Why do I want you to read this? He is going to make this. These are notes. This is an essay, but these are essentially notes for when he does um, speaking engagements. When he was going from congregation to congregation, but this is real simple. Walk you through kindergarten style, one step at a time. Why you know that there's a prophetic language? He starts with Mark eleven thirteen. He says, "And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon." And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. So to understand above, we need the biblical definitions for figs and fig trees. So then he goes through, Jeremiah 24.1, Jeremiah 24.8, Hosea 9.10, and he shows you what the prophets tell us about figs and fig trees. Then he draws a conclusion. So figs and fig trees are figurative pictures of Israel. Now, the parable of the fig tree is in three Gospels, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Then he goes through them, and he walks you through his thinking here, step by step. It's four pages, plus the one blog page. Those are your two homework assignments for this week. I would love for you to have been through both of them by next Wednesday. If you haven't been, well, you know. It's on you. You're only going to get out of this with us what you put into it. Now, you go back to your homework. You're going to see I've gotten a whole lot of other stuff in there. For those of you who want to get ahead of the class, we will come back to all of this in due time. But just as an overview real quick, we'll come back to this in a minute. What you're also going to find, this is the homework assignment. Then you're going to find the next PDF. Well, nope. this is a section from this summer. You can find this if you really want to. It's not all that important. We're going to come back to it next week. But if you want, you go up here where it says show notes, the prophetic language from January 25th. You're going to click on that. And you're going to see that there is a massive PDF right there. 499 pages. That's where you find this. This starts on page 14. It's figurative language. We'll be back to this next week. It's not important for this week. I'm just showing you what we're going to be covering, what's in there. So you come down, and then you're, you're going to find is you're going to find a PDF on bifids and kiosms. We'll cover cover this next week, too. This is part of understanding the prophets. The prophets like to talk to you. They write in apocalyptic language, figurative terms. But they also write poetry. They write in a poetic, a specific type of Hebrew poetry. And it is filled full of Hebrew parallelism. If you do not learn the concept of parallelism, you are never going to be able to understand the prophets clearly. This is one of the reasons the prophets seem to always be talking in circles. You know, they keep repeating themselves. Well, yes and no. They're not repeating themselves. They're repeating the idea in a different way. They're trying to, it, it, what they're doing is they're hammering home the point or they're expanding on it. And a lot of times they might say something like, um, oh crap, I can't come up with something right away. Um, my people are are perished for lack of wisdom, of, lack of knowledge. Okay. And everybody stops right there. But in the same verse, if you keep reading, and then later it says lack of knowledge of Torah. So lack of knowledge and lack of knowledge of Torah, those are those go together. They tell you that the idea, the thought is connected. They're unified. And over the next couple of Wednesdays, when we go through this, I'm going to show you the, the parallelism within the prophet's language. It is there. It is huge. The book of Revelation is about 12 parallel thoughts, told three different times. In, and it's also in a chiasmic form. And a kiosmic is like a stepladder. It's another form of p- poetry. My ways are not yours, your ways are not mine. My ways are not mine. Those are parallel. My ways are not yours. Your ways, those are parallel. So what you have is two parallels in the chiasm and they're both parallel within themselves. My ways your ways. Those are parallel thoughts, contrasting. The parallel's not always going to be comparing. The whole idea is this this is poetry. You have and it's it's a very structured form of poetry. And if you don't recognize it, if you don't understand how to read it, if you just read it like a Greek linearly, you could end up putting Let's see, 12 things. It's actually 12 parallels. It's six things that are paralleled. So you actually have six things told twice, three ways, six times two times three. You could end up reading the book of Revelation and say, look, I got 36 things. And no, you only have six. What? Yes. That's one of the ways you get crazy quick because you don't fully understand what you're reading. This is something that I would have never, if it hadn't been for other brothers showing it to me, I'd have never figured this out on my own. Once they showed it to me, duh, it's right there. Okay. It's right there. It's been there the whole time. I was reading like a 21st, 20th, and 21st century Greek. I need to read like a first century Hebrew. So we'll walk through that. The next thing you're going to find in your homework. This is one of the charts. This is my favorite chart for symbology, the symbolic languages of the prophets. And what you're going to find is like here. What's an angel? Well, it means messenger. Here's where it's defined, Daniel 8.16 and 9.21, Luke 1.19 and 26, Hebrews 1.14. I might come down here and I'll say uh, fire. Well, that represents the Holy Spirit, Luke 3.16. That's where you get your definition. Fire also represents a lot more than just the Holy Spirit, though. This is one chart of the figurative language. You'll find others. You'll find this, too. This is something I used to hand out in my classes when I, was te- when I still teach physically. This is a prophecy study reference material. If you go to your show notes, you're going to find links. Bible symbols, Bible symbol chart, two of them. They're different. You're going to see keys to Bible symbols. You're going to see meaning of numbers in Scripture and in the Bible and significance of numbers in Scripture. And then you're going to see this, this download and this one, this prophecy study material. That's the second one. This is 72 pages. What I did was copy those web pages into one giant PDF. Now, not all of this is, is as good as the others, So what you're going to run into here is 72 pages of this stuff. Some of this is better than others. This is when I was early on when I made this. I still keep it because it's valuable to me. But it would be things like wine represents doctrine. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish, Luke 5.37. I don't put new doctrine into the Jews because the Jews will be destroyed and perish. If you're still clinging to the old covenant, I'm not going to give you the new doctrine. That's what he's telling you. It's simple once you understand the language, and this will help you get through this. The better, um, if you're looking for other places that are going to show you the symbolic language, the better ones are going to give you scriptural citations of where to find that. Now, you're also going to find, as you come down through here, my personal library. All of these books I own. I've read. Every one of these things here listed. We're going to start with this book right here. It's called Connections, right there. If you can find a hard copy of this book, it's going to be expensive. Like right here, you'll see the cheapest one they have on Amazon is $79.88, but you can get the Kindle version for $6.99. So if you have a Kindle, and you're interested in the prophets, this is a must-have for seven dollars. It don't get any cheaper. This is one of the single best sources of the prophetic symbology that I have ever found. I love this book. Okay. But we have others. If you're gonna keep looking, you got that one, then you're gonna find this one. If you can't get anything else, this is better than nothing. It's not the best book because it doesn't cite where they find it in the Bible. But it also has things in here that I haven't seen anywhere else that seem to work. They seem to work. Things like rowing a boat. Rowing a boat in the prophetic language or in the symbolic metaphor type language means to strive together with with the Holy Spirit in accordance with the Holy Spirit. That works but they don't give me any citations of where to find it in the Bible. So this is, this is not something that I I'm very, very fond of, but it's listed. I have it. Then what you're going to find is this one, the dictionary of biblical imagery. I don't necessarily advocate that you run out and buy that puppy. <laughs> if you're looking at the screen, that is a dictionary of biblical imagery. It's huge. It can be pricey. But this is more than just the prophetic language. This is going to tell you um, images, symbols, motives, metaphors, figures of speech, and literary patterns of the Bible. And it's dang near everything. It's deep and it'll take you some serious reading. Then you're going to find other books The Prophets of Israel, Walking the Ancient. Well, just the Prophets of Israel, about the prophets and, and understanding their language. Then you're going to find some general. Uh, References like the dictionary of biblical symbolism, figures of speech used in the Bible, numbers in the Bible, uh, types, metaphors, and typology. These are all things that I've been through, that I've read through, that I've worked through in the course of coming to study and understand and and learn how to read the prophets. And to, to understand what they're trying to tell me and how. So what we've done so far this hour is we've set the table. This is how I came to to on a long study of the prophets. And this is how I've come to be when, like when I read through the prophets, I don't, most of the time when people are reading things and they're like, what the heck? I'm like, oh yeah, here's what, here's what he's talking about. I may not be specific as in know exactly what the prophet's talking about, word for word. But you know how I use the ballpark metaphor. I can usually get into the same section of bleachers that the prophet's in and sometimes even on the same row. So I'm not telling you I'm perfect, but I've learned to understand it better. And how do I know I'm right? Well, once i learned to understand the prophets and, and I'm, I'm going to ask Charlie to put his mic on, cause I'm going to want to get a, want to get a, a second witness on this one. Cause he's seen me do this and so has Natasha. But once I've learned to understand the prophets better, we'll, we'll be reading a section of prophecy sometime and the next thing i'll do is i'll start yeah but it connects here 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 and here i've done that haven't i charlie
1: yes and and also it and as soon as i rattle it off
2: it connects to what he's talking about
1: and once you start understanding their language you will find that many many times if not always the prophets tell you what they mean They, Mm -hmm. they they define their terms but you have to be watching very carefully because they they may not define them in the way that you normally would see things defined. Like we, you were talking about, you know, the bifids and chiasms and stuff. If you understand those concepts and you look carefully at the writings, you can see how, because they they say something in several different ways to provide emphasis and, and also it, it helps in memorization too. Uh, and there, there's many reasons why they write in this form but uh, it helps you to understand what exactly they're getting across
2: and in some cases they're trying to explain their vision of eternity to a finite mind yes well yes. with an 8,500 word vocabulary
1: right right
2: yeah so they've got even limitation a lot of it's why it's symbolic
1: yes well yeah because a lot of this stuff is like you said the the first thing you look for is the spiritual and and how do you define the spiritual in our finite material mm-hmm. terms and that's difficult that's why now, they use the figures of speech and metaphors and things like that
2: i could be speaking at a turn but i don't think i am you you can help me with this but once i helped you see some of the a little more of the prophetic language and showed you what was there all of a sudden some of the parables of the messiah open up a little bit too don't they oh you you find Man. out that there's a lot more to those ten little virgins sitting yeah, there yeah, than you yeah, realized.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was happy going along. You know, oh, there's like two interpretations of this parable. Uh, no, there's at least three, and there's probably more that I haven't even seen yet. Yeah. So it
2: and the that, third one the is thing. important.
1: Yes. Uh, extremely important. If you don't understand that, you don't understand the gospel.
2: No, you don't. But that's another case of you've got to dig before the Spirit will open it up for you.
1: Right. And that's another testament to why I believe the Bible is what it is because you can look at this and as you grow in your understanding and such, he will reveal to you more, more things that will help to, uh, help you to understand more, more, uh, in depth, I guess is the way.
2: All right. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do now. We're going to let Charlie dance around for six minutes. (laughs) then we'll come back. If you have questions, now's the time to post them. Yes. Comments, questions, questions, questions. thoughts, get them up on the board. We'll wade through anything that's, if you don't want to do that, send us an email real quick. We'll check the email when we come back. Joe at the road to concord.com. Get your stuff in here. We'll, we'll answer any questions or comments we have. When we come back, we'll put a fine point on what we've done today. Today was just meant to set the table. I wanted to purposely to go slow and we'll, we'll wrap things up. And we'll go from there, but six minutes for Charlie to dance. Cause you know, he's got to do his or whatever. And then we will see what questions we have from you when we get back. And if there's nothing else, we'll wrap this one up and we'll remind you of your homework assignment. See you in six. <music> see charlie dance he's over there dance i mean it's just it's a it's a mess shoes are flying everywhere socks stinky feet i mean he's but hey man it's 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 just no you don't he's still over there trying to collect everything now it's just flung everything everywhere you you don't want to see
0: like you'd be any
2: better (laughs) oh no what white man can't dance Eh, at least you're on there we go all
1: right Now you're going to get his band on Facebook. All
2: right. We've got a, we had a comment on the board. I want to, and this was answered by Charlie and Natasha, but I want to make sure I go over this real quick for you and let you know that I was already ahead of you on this one. JMW says, um, if you, um, search for hidden beast Two, his family, Mr. Schofield's family has a website. And I believe that they made all his books available to download. It takes a little searching on Google. Not as much as you might want to think there, JMW. Excuse me, gosh. If you go to your homework today, you come down here where it says show notes, the prophetic language, and you click on that, you'll find this screen. This is our old homework. And then down here, you'll see Ellis Schofield's essays. And when you click on that, it'll take you to all of his essays, where some of them I've already posted for you in your downloads for today. You get his essays, and you can also find his books from there. And then Hidden Beast 2 can be downloaded right there. Now, if Sozo is Hidden Beast 2 updated. Uh, I strongly recommend you read Hidden Beast 2. Sozo sort of assumes you've already read Hidden Beast 2. This up here on the left, this is his uh, PDF slide on Daniel. The False Prophet is about Muhammad, Islam in the end times. These are all good books, but now the one that um, the one I would really, the, the Shining Man is about multiple personality disorders. Demons in the church. Oh boy. Oh boy. That book was written 30, 40 years ago now. And he was already seeing wolves in sheep's clothing in our pulpits. And he talks about how a lot of our pastors in the pulpit are actually demonic. And he's right. And I've encountered it once myself. Um, I had a pastor that said Satan when he meant Jesus in a sermon and didn't catch himself and didn't correct himself and gave Satan credit for something that he meant to credit to Jesus. Ooh, if you're one of Yahweh's anointed, you don't make that mistake. And he did. And, uh, I, I got pinched by my wife bad because I was already on my way standing up in the middle of service to yell at him about that. But, um, Just me. Anyhow, she sat me back down. So, do we have any other questions? Is there anything else? Yeah, that's right. Joe can't dance. Anything else that we have on the board that we need to answer, Charlie? Natasha, did you all see anything?
1: Uh, I know there's something here that Aaron posted, but I don't know... I'm not sure, exactly, in this should have okay, said, he said I, I, I
2: heard someone related. Aaron Spikes says, I heard someone related that keeping us from a, a time of trouble and seeing us through it, back to the Passover of Egypt. Yes, the scriptures talk about that in several cases. It says, I'll, I'll hide behind, you know, go close behind your door, I'll hold you behind your door and cover it with my hand. That's um, end times trouble prophecy, talking about how Yahweh will see you through it Um, the new Testament talks about how, if he could preserve Noah through the flood, he'll preserve you as well. Um, no, Hey, JMW, it's all right. I, I don't expect you to see everything in the notes, especially for today's class. Today's class notes are extensive and it's going to take time to go through them for you. I understand that. But this today's class notes is meant to last us through this entire study. Um, it's, I don't need to do this every week. I just put everything in one spot so that if you ever go back for it again in the future, it'll all be there, or at least links to where you need to get. will all be in that one little location. All right. Since I don't see where we have a lot of questions or comments on the board that need to be handled, let me put a finer point on what we're doing today. I just meant for today to be a primer, very simple, very basic. I don't mean to be talking down to anybody, and I don't need to go over things that y'all already knew or whatever. didn't mean that, but review is not a bad thing. I just wanted to speak as though, okay, let's say we've got somebody in the class who's never really, they're fascinated with the prophets, but they've never really taken a hard look at studying them, or they've always thought, well, there's no way for me to ever learn. the." Yes, there is. Yes, there is. All believers can learn to understand the prophets. You just need somebody to walk you through what it is you're looking for. You know, how how to read them, um, how to understand their language. That's all I'm going to help you do. Why do I presume to know more than most everybody else on the Internet? It's a good, fair question. I'm going to come across as arrogant to those people or like I'm some sort of know-it-all. How do I know that I've gotten it better? Because the scriptures have told me. As I've hounded Yahweh, teach me, show me more, open my eyes. As I've bugged the prophets, what do you mean by this? As I've questioned all my other teachers, I got to talk to Brother Schofield before he passed away. I got to talk to Brother Heiser before he passed away. As I've learned more and more, the scriptures start to open up, and I see this prophet's talking about that, and they're both talking about this, and all three of them are talking about this. And this is where that fits in. The, and it just starts to lay down and it's all part of a huge plan. And where before it was like looking at the back of a tapestry, you know, you can see where all the strings are tied up and everything. And it's a giant mess. I didn't get to see the front of the tapestry in the clear picture, but now what it is is I've, if you've ever done latch, key, you know, if you ever made a carpet or a rug after a while, that mess on the back starts to make a little bit of sense. You get an idea of what the pattern on the front looks like. And I'm learning to sense what the pattern on the front, you know, the grand mosaic, the, the whole design that Yahweh has, I'm starting to sense it better. And it's even gotten to the point where I've gotten to where, okay, there's got to be something missing here in my understanding of the scriptures. Where is it? And I've even got a rough idea of what it is I'm missing. This is one of the reasons I've come to understand my The way i see the millennial reign that we've been in it since the ascension and because i started going well if the prophet's saying this then that must mean this where do i find oh look right there it was in this prophet and well then well if that's the case then it must mean oh there it is It's right and i start finding things that i know have to be there and yeah sure enough there they are well if you're not on the right path this won't happen You can't find something in the Bible that isn't there. You can force it to interpret it your way, but then that creates contradictions and conflicts in other parts of scripture. I try not to do that. I try to understand scripture as a fluid whole without contradiction. And that's part of what's gotten me where I'm at. And along the way, I've realized 99% of most people who have ever talked to me about prophecy need to sit down and be quiet because they obviously have not studied the prophets to learn they've studied the prophets to make themselves an authority they want to be a prophet oh I don't want to be a prophet Mm-mm. no high level of accountability there you better be as close to perfect as you can get uh I've got enough trouble okay I'm not I'm not looking to take on more at the same time, any of us that teach each other to keep the Torah is functioning as a prophet, as long as you teach it properly. So be careful. Be careful. That's why the scripture says, shouldn't a whole lot of you want to run around being teachers. I don't have a choice. If I try not to teach anymore, if I, if I try to quit again, it'll probably be the end of me and be like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Call me home. Well, my wife needs me still. So do what I'm told. Next week, I hope you've done your homework. Your homework was simple. You're going to go to theroadtoconcord.com. You see, this is homepage. There's the donut page, you know, support the road to Concord. Then you're going to go to this one right here, 272024. That's today. Click. And you're going to scroll down, and this is just that stuff right here. But this is where you're going to start, understanding the prophets. You're going to read that, and you're going to slide right down here, and you're going to read this one. This is just about the prophetic language. It's four pages. It reads pretty quick and simple. You can read it right there. You don't have to download it. You can read it right on the screen. That's why I did these the way they are. You can snag them if you want to your own device, or you can just read them right there. You don't have to read anything more today if you don't want to. The only other thing I might suggest to you is if you have the $7 and a Kindle, you go buy the PDF or the Kindle version of that book right there, Connections. That's going to be very helpful to you. So that's your homework. I'd like to see everybody in the class that's wanting to be with us next week to have their homework done by then. It'll make it a lot easier if I don't always have to keep going back and and, talking as though we haven't covered this. What we're going to start with next week, some it's still going to be basic in nature, but we're going to start covering the symbolic language in the bifids and chiosms. We've done a class on bifids and chiosms. You can find that in your homework. We did a whole class on it. You've got a show on it. If you need it in depth, look it up. I'll add that link to your homework, so it'll be there as well. I'll put that at the very bottom, the end addendum. But we're going to go over the structure and why it's important. We're going to go over some of the symbology. So we're going to show you some of the signs where the prophets tell you this is what that means. This is where that means. We'll pick pieces of scripture and we'll start showing ourselves. This is how this works. This is where the prophet's defining his, his symb- symbolism, his imagery, or where the angel is telling the prophet what it means and how to interpret it. And then uh, the next week we'll we'll expand on it a little more and we might show where that will will go through Scripture. We'll say, hey, look, the image of an olive tree or a fig tree starts here and goes all the way through Scripture and doesn't change. And that, you know, like, okay, now let's look here, see how this is connected and how that imagery is connected to this and to that and to this, and helps expand the idea and the thinking. And you start understanding that, The prophecy is interwoven into every aspect of reading your Bible. And it's all meant to reinforce your faith and give you hope that Yahweh is who he says he is. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. You can trust him. And the the goal is that in return, you live the way he wants you to live, willingly. You say, well, hey, if you're going to do all this for me, God, I'm going to obey. I'll, I'll I'll depend on you. I'll rely on you. I'll trust you. And that's, that's the proper response. He didn't earn anything. He didn't work for anything. It was given to you freely, and it's done for his glory, not ours. And there's nothing we can do. This isn't works, but it's proper understanding. And by the way, you're going to find that the feasts are prophecy. All of this is prophecy. It's all meant to tell us about the redemptive process, how Yahweh's plan to fix everything that happened that messed up his creation and all of the different figures that muddled in it. You know, the fallen angels, different human beings, Satan, all this mess. All of that's prophecy. So, do we have anything else on the board? Charlie, you want to add anything to this today? Natasha?
1: The only thing I want to add is just to emphasize, like you were saying, um, that you know you, you need to have a good foundation, especially if you're thinking about teaching prophecy. You've got to be very well grounded, and you better know your stuff before you go on with this. Because I see so many people out there that think they understand this stuff. Like you said, they need to hush, because uh, they don't understand this as well. and they can really mess people up.
2: And, A faith can be shipwrecked over uh, poor yes, understanding of prophecy. that's what
1: I was going to say. Is, yeah. is you, can, you can really jeopardize someone's individual well, salvation over some of this stuff.
2: You know an entire religion that's based on poor uh, understanding oh, cool, of prophecy.
1: I, oh, man, yes.
2: And thousands, tens of thousands have been shipwrecked over that.
1: Oh, probably millions.
2: Yes. And once you properly understand the scripture, you see how it should have never started.
1: Yes. So that's why we're taking this very, very slow. And, you know, you might say, oh, this is, this is, you're going so slow. It's, it's you know, this is excruciatingly important. painful, but we're doing that for a reason.
2: Yeah. Trust me. If it's hard for you.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Get, getting, getting Joe to slow down on this stuff is not easy
2: you ought to be in a room when I'm allowed to run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll go scripture surfing <laughs> in a hurricane. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's where we're going to go next week. Yep. Natasha. That's her comment there. So she's been with me for a long time. She's, she's learned as we've went and, uh, trust me. I, question the scriptures on all of this as we go along so what i'm going to bring you over the next few wednesdays i I would have no problem telling the messiah to his face hey it's the best i understood what you had shown me i faithfully conveyed what you showed me and taught me and helped me understand to the best of my ability
1: and don't be afraid to ask us questions along with this
2: oh please don't i depend on that
1: please anything you don't understand that we're covering or or you think, hey, I, I think it should be this way. Bring it on because, yeah. you know, we need to address those things and and help everybody to understand.
2: Now, if you'll do your homework, the pace will pick up gradually each week. Do your homework. If you don't, you're going to get left behind.
1: Yes, do your homework. So
2: two little things I want you to read. It, it'll amount to about six pages. That's it.
1: Yeah. And you we're a ending a little early today. So you got time. You got plenty of time to read those.
2: All right. If We don't have anything else. I don't see anything else.
1: Yes, Marianne.
2: <laughs> Folks, we love each and every one of you. We thank you for being here. We hope we're serving you and serving you well and effectively. If we can do anything more to help you, please email us. Joe at road to concordcom If I'm not the right person to answer, Charlie takes over for me because we know he's much more of a people person than I am. He's not broken. I am every now and then. If she wants to, we'll let the AI answer you, but I'm not sure you can read binary. If you can, we'll get her to answer you. It'll look like a bunch of ones and zeros, but beep. Boop. Yeah, beep boop. <laughs> if you like what we're doing, please share the show with others, send them the link directly, ask them to give the whole show that you send them a look, maybe more, because the shows build on each other. Please do explain to them that the host is a jerk. <laughs> hopefully i'm a lovable jerk that grows on you but could be like fungus i don't know you'll have to decide it's all about the work we do though folks that's what this is supposed to be about also if you do appreciate their help charlie and natasha's contributions hit those thumbs up buttons i know that in most worlds that's how we like the show not here here it's telling charlie and natasha thank you it's either that or put it in the comment section, man. Let them know that they're appreciated because uh, they slaves, man. They working for free around here. Oh, well, we all are. But thanks to those of you, though, who do con- contribute because it is you and you alone that are the reason that the show is still here. Um, Other than that, Charlie, I think we're done for the day. We love you and we'll see you tomorrow. It's Conspiracy Theory Thursday tomorrow. And the theory is somebody's trying to purposely destroy the family in the United States in the process. Gee. It's not like I got a story about a teacher who's telling her elementary school class that they aim to destroy the United States through the children and their family. It's not like I got a story saying that. No.
1: And there's a chance, seeing I found out I have some discounts on donuts. um, They could possibly show up tomorrow.
2: Oh, Donuts on Conspiracy Theory Thursday? I'm not, not, not going to guarantee
1: it, but it, it's, it's a possibility.
2: Oh, boy. Tomorrow could be a lot of fun. Oh, crap.
1: <laughs> well, you guys don't know it, but he was sconated today. So Yes,
2: I was sconated. That's not as good as Donuts. Not as good as Donuts, but. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye.